Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstead. Hello, Magic Folk. Welcome to This Week in MTG. We are your hosts, Matt Olson. Up there, we got Danny Oakstead. What's up? As always, we got JB. Hey there. And this time, we're doing an interview, so we have a special guest with us. We got Jonathan from Spelltable over here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, we are definitely super excited. Kid you not, this is what I've been thinking about all week. I am a weird person that's like, this is big. <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> Matt, don't lie. You've been thinking about this for like the last two months. I have. Making <laughs> interview on. Nice. Well, we've only existed for like three months, so that's pretty good. Yeah, and and with that, uh, one of the first things I, I guess maybe to talk about is like how quick you were found by Channel Fireball for their first Command Fest. Then, yeah, it was it was all pretty quick. I mean, um, we weren't planning on building this tool per se. You know, we started it in January as just like a project amongst my playgroup. Uh, my play group uh, moved far away, one in Texas, one in New York, and one in Oregon. Um, and I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. So we were very far apart and missed playing Magic. And so we kind of tried it on Zoom, and it was terrible. Um, and I don't know all the cards very well, and decided to build something. So we came up with what is now called Spell Table, and then... COVID happened and we thought, hey, let's just launch this and see if other people want to use it. And sure enough, within two hours of launching, we had emails asking to acquire us and other emails coming in. And then, yeah, a few weeks later, um, we were contacted by um, Channel Fireball. And um, I I think Gavin Verhey had a lot to do with that. You know, he he stumbled upon um, the PlayEH Discord, which was starting to to use us a lot and um and that's kind of how we got connected to channel fireball so you guys were found on reddit then like when you launched uh when you launched spell table was it you posted it up on reddit to like test things out that way or yeah we posted it on reddit and then um we on the play edh and the edh subreddits um and then we just posted it in the play edh general chat um, which is a pretty big discord there's about fifteen thousand people in there playing eh so kind of took off yeah no kidding that's how fast that happened for you Uh, you know being being up for for a month before getting picked up by channel fireball that really says something about magic players wanting your service your website and stuff like that to be able to play yeah, for sure. And and I think it was really just because we wanted it, so we built it for ourselves. and So it was a pretty good setup for um, you know being able to provide this service. That's always something when it comes to making uh, making a service, a product, or whatever. Like, if, if you make it, like, if you know that you have a need for something like this, clearly there's just going to be other people out there. And, like, you guys just hit it right on the head with that. Yeah, and, and to be honest, we didn't think that many people would use it 
And so every day, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds more people signing up. It's just blown me away. I, I can't, I can't believe it. It's really, it's really pretty cool. So this is something that you never expected to get as large as it did? No, not at all. I just thought if we could help a few play groups here and there, you know, that are stuck at home in quarantine, then that would be worth doing. Um, I thought it would just be like this little side project. And now it's, it's some weeks, it's almost like a full-time job. So it's, it's quite, it's quite a crazy thing. Well, with it being a full-time job, like it's definitely greatly, even more greatly appreciate that you took time out of your busy schedule to come talk about it with us. You know, we're just three schmucks with microphones and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, this kind of stuff is fun and it's not, uh, it's not just programming all day. So, so nice to break it up for sure. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can take out the monotony a little bit with some craziness and some more casual laid back conversation. Like, of course, we're going to talk about swell table at some point. It would like, we would definitely like to talk and get to know about you and your, your play style, your favorite commander and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, uh, a little more with spell table. I saw that you guys are working on a tracking, uh, a tracking feature to when cards and stuff move around and stuff. Uh, the program will be able to identify the cards as they move. Uh, would you like yes. to cover more, cover more of that for us here? Yeah, I think that's kind of like the ultimate goal of where we want to go with the software is just to have board state tracking. Um, I think when you think about things that are kind of like annoying on camera, it's kind of annoying to keep track of everything and having to click on the cards to like read them, especially with cards you're not familiar with, you know, there's like 20,000 cards in our database. Like you just can't be familiar with them all. Um, and so being able to track that I think is super important. And another thing I'd love to be able to do is to attach counters and things to them because like how many times are you saying like, how big is that thing again? How big is that? And I can't see your little dice on your camera, especially if you're using like a D20 with like the colors aren't contrasting enough. It's just impossible. Um, so if I could attach a counter, like a power toughness counter to a card, and then you move that card around the screen and it follows it and everyone else on the stream can see that in a legible text and they can increase the font size if they want to. Um, that's kind of like an ultimate goal for me, um, for our technology. Um, and I, I think we can get there. Like, ideally, you're not clicking at all. You're not touching your computer. You're just talking to your friends and playing like you would. Um, that's, yeah, that's that's kind of how, that's where we want to go with it. I, have, I, I, for one, have used your website multiple times, and I love it. I am part of the Play ADH Discord group as well. I've played multiple games and stuff on there, and it is super super convenient super fun such a great way to view the board states i know when i first heard about it and saw uh, saw that you guys had the ability to click on the card and it pulled up the whole image and and that stuff to the side i'm like this is revolutionary this is way much better than playing over uh playing over skype discord etc and stuff like you were saying with zoom and I was hundred percent in on this. Like you can, you can ask Danny and JB. Uh, I was like, "This is amazing!" <laughs> like, yeah, yes, rather than playing over Zoom where you have to, oh, okay, on my other screen, I'm gonna look up your card real quick and see what it does because you told me what it was, but your camera sucks and I can't understand. I can't read what what it says. Yeah, for sure. Originally, we had used like a Google Doc 
to track like board states and like um, all that stuff and and life totals while we were using Zoom. And um, you know, my co-creator and uh, and I are both programmers, so we were just like, we got to be able to do better. Yeah. So. So uh, with you being programmers, how about we pivot to a little more questions about you yourself? Um, you have been a programmer for a pretty long time. I know uh, a little bit researching and stuff. You helped with uh, a DC. Uh, it was the the DC innovation thing, making helping nonprofits make websites back in 2012, right? So I'm assuming your programming goes further back. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've been programming since I was twelve, probably. You know, my first website I ever made was about um, StarCraft, uh, the first StarCraft, and you know, so that's what nineteen ninety seven. I think that came out. You know, I had a big old animated GIF of a Zerg on it, um, and my strategy guide about dragoons. And then, you know, ever since I've been programming. Uh, I think what you were referring to is um, I did a couple. Of, for a couple summers, I did some charity, a charity programming event where we just you get together with a bunch of people on a weekend and you build a website for a, a charity in need. So we did like the DC Diaper Bank, which is um, like a charity that helps uh, moms afford diapers and gives them diapers and stuff like that um, and other baby supplies. And that was like a one weekend event. So, but yeah, I've been programming since since I was twelve or thirteen, I think. <laughs> So StarCraft, that was what led you to want to do programming and stuff to have that 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 guide to uh, to work on. Um, no, not really. I think it was just my parents used to ship me to camps all summer, and one summer they shipped me to computer camp, which is you know the nerdiest thing. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it was computer. It was literally just like you go and learn to program and do activities and games and stuff on computers for like two weeks. That, and, that's heaven. Was, right? was that? I said, that sounds like heaven. Yeah. At the time I thought it was lame, but then obviously like that has spun my entire career. So I guess it wasn't lame. So. Better than band camp. Yeah. I didn't do band camp. But I did do sailing camp where you like learn to sail a boat, which hmm. is kind of like really weird. Um, and then I also did drama camp where, you know, I was in Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, snap. So, yeah. But I'm not a professional actor or sailor, just a programmer. <laughs> oh, I think you chose the right one then. You get more money this way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd make it in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, with, with sailing and stuff, uh, have you been on the East Coast then your whole life? Um, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I was born in Massachusetts and, and moved around Virginia and D.C. and Maryland. It's a pretty good area over there. I have only traveled to uh, Salem, Massachusetts uh, for my honeymoon and stuff. Never been to Virginia, as like hoodie shows. Nice. <laughs> uh, went there over uh, Halloween and stuff. But uh, So we're from the Midwest. We're from Fargo, North Dakota here. I don't know if you can tell by our accents or anything like that, but I've driven through. I've driven through Fargo, driven and I, Fargo. I've just, I stopped at a place called the Alien Bar and Grill. Yeah, where they what? served French fries in a rocket ship, and like the ketchup was like the boosters. Yep, 
Yep, that place is so good. Is it still there? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Man, I think I was in like I was like 18 when I decided randomly to drive to Seattle and stopped in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a heck of a time to be stopping and stopping at Space Islands. Um, yeah, no, Space Islands. We love to go there. I got a son who's eight years old, and he loves to go to Space Aliens for for all the, the games and stuff that they got there. But then the food is good as well, too. We'll have to head back out there. Best fries. Yeah, if you yeah, come back out here, just please hit us up. We'd love to take you out for a beer if you're into drinking. After this whole you know, pandemic is over, we'll come get some rocket ship fries. Yeah. Yeah, one of my first times going to Space Aliens. I'm pretty sure I was like 13 years old. We had a doctor's appointment in Fargo, and my mom was like, this is a new place that we should all come to and try. And as a kid, I was sold. Like It was one of the things that I remember coming to and enjoying. And the fact that it's still here and doing as successful, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, So let's get back to uh, you being a programmer. What is your main... Uh, job right now you are a microsoft uh professional uh um, you were stalking my linkedin huh i like like to do a little bit of research i'm sorry (laughs) no that's good um it's just funny because like i don't yeah i have like a certification but like the certification for microsoft was like it was just like i read a, a book and did it so that my company could get some status at the time but that was like 15 years ago so I don't think I'm still a Microsoft certified professional. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if those things expire. But yeah, I just, um, my day job is at a company called Popsicle, uh, like P-O-P-S-Q-L, which is a, it's like a database tool. Um, and that's what I do. And prior to that, I was at a company called InVision where I made graphic design software. Uh, so kind of like, a, if you've ever heard of like a Adobe XD or, Figma or anything like that. Man made similar tools to that. I've always been in tools, basically. So when it comes to that, like you're just making like the applications and stuff that help function the whole program then? Yeah, I make apps for, you know, businesses essentially. So so Popsicle makes an app for businesses to use, um, to do analytics and querying databases and things like that. And those people have a lot of money. So it's always good to make apps for those types of people. Definitely. Uh, imagine then that your your span of uh, people that you service and stuff pretty much goes all over the world for something like that then, right? Do you have reaches in Europe and Asia and stuff like that? Uh, this is like a weird side topic kind of a thing. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, we do actually. Yeah, we get people all over the world that use, um, that use Popsicle. But I'm also like super impressed with how international spell table has been like i didn't really ex- i didn't really know much about like the international magic community uh but you know places like japan and brazil and uh latin germany like super popular um brazil especially in south america especially i didn't i didn't realize how big magic was in south america but it, it's huge when you got someone like uh paulo vita damadorosa like championing south america like it's cool to know that there's a following behind him as well um yeah uh through spell table i've actually played with some people in europe as well um mm-hmm. we played some modern and stuff on there as well I'm like you mind if we try on spell table and they're like yeah sure let's do it the uh yeah, I'm, 
I'm playing with um, Chesh- Cheshire on uh, in Australia on uh, Saturday, I think. So I'm excited for that. Okay, so you play Magic. We got to know, what is your favorite commander of choice? What are you going to play against Cheshire this Saturday? Uh, you know, I'm my favorite one to play is not anyone else's favorite. <laughs> so I don't usually... I, I usually play, like, uh, my favorite one's Aloro. And I like Aloro because my strategy is usually to just protect myself, let everyone else mess with each other and not come in on me. And then when people are least expecting, I just draw out with Necropotence and find my answers and win the game. Which is not a very interactive way to play, but for some reason I find it fun. Um, And my second favorite is probably Norin. And this is the one I will play on webcam because... uh, it's very chaotic, and it's, it, for me, it's just fun. I like to, I like all those uh, enter the battlefield triggers, and you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's what I like to play. And my best deck is probably Chulain, or I don't know how you say it. Someone told me a weird pronunciation, uh, but you know, Chulain Teller of Tales, and it's just basically the brawl deck with like every good green card I have stuck into it. And it's just one of those decks where I can just draw cards and get so much value that it actually does pretty well. Uh, but even that deck is probably like five or six. Like I don't play super competitively. I'm more of a casual player overall. With Norin saying chaos, I know a player also <laughs> who is a Norin player. And when they say that that's one of their favorite decks, I know I always got to like, uh, here we go again with <laughs> Norin. You got yeah. Do you got the uh, possibility storm? And oh, my mind is drawing a blank on the enchantment that swaps things when things enter the battlefield. Oh yeah, um, I I think I took that out for webcam play because um, <laughs> <laughs> that one actually is is that confusion in the ranks? Is that what we're there? Talking we about? go confusion yeah, in the ranks. Okay. Yep. That card, I love that card, but people hate it so much that I don't usually play it. Um, at least my playgroup does not like Confusion in the Ranks. And it's usually like, if I play that card, everyone's going to gang up on me. Um, <laughs> it's so... like Matt. <laughs> but he's in fact. <laughs> yeah. Or just any and deck that Matt plays first, or plays, he's always first target. Always. <laughs> I think every every playgroup has that guy. And we definitely got to hold that title with honor. Yeah. <laughs> I know with uh, Confusion of the Ranks, I like playing against that card because I'm that weird magic player that loves to be put in a corner and try and figure out how to get out of there. So it's tough to play against, but I appreciate when people play against <laughs> it because I feel it like ups my own personal level to, to do better and to know what to do yeah the problem i have with my norin deck is is affordable red card draw does not exist as far as i can tell and so when you're playing mono red you know i have like mind's eye i think is it's an expensive way to draw cards but it's like it's all i have really in terms of card draw so that's the tricky part yeah i know uh, i'm uh I like playing red as well find it find it red card draw is definitely hard you got like uh, faithless looting, good one and stuff, but yeah, 
Uh, Magmatic Insight is another one I liked. Uh, I was thinking about in uh, in Modern as well as another form of card draw when Faithless got banned, but Red does lo- lack a little bit on uh, on the card drawing side. That makes big impacts, especially in EDH. Yeah, there's that was that the wheel card that's like more more money than I can afford. Oh yeah, uh, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, got to play with proxy friendly people, I guess. I had a uh, when I first started really getting into EDH, I got a Nekusar deck pretty pretty early on. I was able to pick up a revised Wheel of Fortune for twenty bucks. Oh wow! I know I'm sitting here pretty happy. I'm like back then, I'm like twenty bucks. That's a lot of money for a card, but. I think it's going to be worth it in this deck. And now I'm like, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, I think I my first commander deck was uh, Mizix, Mizix of the Ismigus. And that, I think I got it for like $30 and, you know, on eBay or something. And I think that deck has like Cyclonic Rift and like a bunch of other really good cards in it. Like that's, that was like a really good intro to commander. I feel like that's a fun deck too. I, I kind of regret taking it apart. I really like that one. You and I are going to get along, Jonathan, because I am a spell mage as well. <laughs> there you go. So aside from Commander, um, is there any other formats you play, or is it is it just uh, Commander and stuff? It's mostly Commander. Um, I do pre-releases, um, you know, or at least I did, you know, before the pandemic. Uh, I like the pre-releases. Um, I don't typically play Standard just because... It's hard to keep up with it. So, uh, and also, I'm just more of a casual player. I'm not super competitive. And most of the other formats are more competitive. I've also done some two-headed giant. And I like two-headed giant because, again, it's multiplayer. And, and it's, it's fun to play in a team. Uh, but yeah, most, that's like 90% of EDH. Sounds like us, except for JB. Who yep. Legacy and all that fun stuff. Yeah, mainly modern. I've been slowly dipping my toes into legacy now. Figured it's the next step on the train. There you go. If you got the money, why not? Well, I don't have the money. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not yet. Yeah, legacy is expensive. Modern can be expensive too. Holy. I guess they all can, really, if you think about it. Like, there's no. I guess popper is your only your only saving money format. Yeah, and some of those, re- actually, some of those red, uh, red, blue specifically Delver decks. I noticed that those prices can be anywhere of up like it's. It seems pretty cheap comparatively to everything else, but like seventy to ninety dollars for a popper deck, and it's like, oof, that man. Yeah. And talking, talking magic. So you've been playing. Was because uh, uh, Mizix was that Commander fifteen was the. Experience counters was that yeah that was Commander fifteen or sixteen. I think it was sixteen. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, I started playing uh, originally, you know, when I was like twelve, and uh, you know, I had a bunch of Ice Age. I once got like a booster. Like they used to sell boxes of starter packs, you know, and I got like a, which is kind of a silly thing to buy, but and I was twelve, I didn't know any better, so I got one for Christmas one year. So I have like a hundred copies of every Ice Age common. Oh, snap. Um, <laughs> but then I stopped playing after like Mirage uh, until for like 20, <laughs> 20 years or something until my buddies, the ones, uh, my buddy Adam, who I built 
spell table with, he kind of got me back into Commander um, around 2016 or 2017. Hmm. Not a big gap. But I had all my old cards. So I have like, like 4,000 old cards. And, but mo- unfortunately, they're mostly disenchant. I have like 300 disenchants if anybody needs any. <laughs> well, uh, I feel you on that one. And circle of protection. I have every circle of protection, like 40 of them each. Got to get that stuff framed on the wall. Have the place set in a nice frame, post it up right behind you or something. Yeah. What is your uh, most prized magic possession then? Like, if you if if you have a collection going back to Ice Age, like that is a lot of old cards, like way way older than any of us, because we we didn't play back then at all. Um, you know, I had I didn't have like a ton of revised, and I, ha- I didn't have any alphas or betas. Um, but I did have I bought one pack of cards in Italian because I thought it was cool, you know, at the game store when I was like 12. And mm-hmm. when I, when I got that card I, or that pack, I had like $400 worth of cards in it, including, um, I can never say this card, the mist of Mistopheles. Uh, oh, mist, chains of Mistopheles. Yeah. 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 That's the one I had that in Italian oh, and, um, and I sold it to cool stuff. Inc. who's now our, now our sponsor. Uh, and I, I traded it to them because they had like a good deal and store credit and stuff. And I used that to buy all my commander and modern stuff. Uh, so I could get back into the game and that, so that was probably like my most valuable. And I think, I think they gave me like a couple hundred dollars for it. And then like a bonus for store credit. That is a good little nest egg to to bounce back in for, for that long of a period away. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically how I got all the singles I needed build out my first few decks so you're sponsored by cool stuff inc uh do you work close then with uh jason alt and corbin hostler and people like them i know jason alt is a big edh uh proponent and stuff like that uh so like being sponsored by them and operating spell table is there anything there like do you do you talk to him and stuff uh no i we don't we don't really do that much um with them we do i, I would say i talk to evan Irwin the most over our cool stuff um and yeah that other than that we don't really we haven't really collaborated on much yet we haven't really had a whole lot of time is there stuff for in the future maybe you plan like what what are your uh your ideas your hopes your aspirations for spell table in the future like you, you want to make a good tracking system for uh for it as well but uh is there any other thing that you want to hope that it reaches oh yeah we have a, a list of things a mile long that we'd love to do um i'd say like first and foremost like lgs support uh we want to help lgs's as much as we can and so uh a friend of mine amy has built a bot called Spellbot. Uh, and it helps you organize tournaments in Discord. You, know, you can just invite the bot to your Discord room and queue up for games and run tournaments. And it sends you the spell table links and all that. Um, so we want to—we really want to help. You know, the next releases, pre-releases, and stuff. Um, get people using that. Um, and then beyond that, we'd love to do more tracking in general of like stats and information. You know, I think it'd be really cool to see like a game history. Uh, after you play a game, uh, you know, like the life totals over time, uh, 
and turn orders if you're tracking turns, you know. So we can finally figure out that Tom is one of, and someone in our play group takes like eighty percent of the time of a game. That'd be <laughs> a nice a nice statistic to have printed out at the end. And then also like win loss tracking. Things like that I think would be really fun. Um we I mean I, I could go on and on and on just all the different features that we've had requested. Lately we've had a ton of requests for spectator mode, which is something I didn't really foresee because um, you know, you can use Discord or Twitch to re- kind of rebroadcast your play. Um, but a lot of people are in pods that are bigger than four people, and they only play one game at a time, and so they like to have everyone else kind of spectating and in the games. Um, and also, like, a lot of tournaments, you have judges, and then streamers like to have, like, a fifth person who's kind of running the card recognition and stuff like that. So that's another big one that we want to do is spectator mode. Hmm. With... Uh... So talking about spectator mode, then how that 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 does make sense. That's something that didn't even cross my mind for uh, for a spectator mode. Um, implement implementing something like that to allow that to happen. That would that be kind of a challenge or something to to work to not have. Technically, it's not that big of a challenge. Um, the challenges are really there are security and cost. Um, you know, we are fully fully funded by. Uh, Patreon and um, Cool Stuff Inc. sponsorship, and so and a little bit of and merch sales, and and that's pretty much it. And so if you have spectator mode, uh, it doesn't work with peer to peer, and most of our video is peer to peer for cost reasons, which means that when you join a spell table game, everyone in the room is directly connecting to each other, so that we don't have to pay for a video server to transcode that video, like um, like Discord. Or, or Zoom have to do, because those are huge companies with a lot of money, and we're 100% bootstrapped. So if you ever see like a dropout happen, and you have to refresh the page in Spelltable, um, that's the reason, because we don't have that hosted solution. We actually do have a hosted solution coming soon, um, and it's in beta now, so you can try it on beta.spelltable. And, uh, and that's one where we've launched our own infrastructure to, um, to have hosted video. And that's a little bit more affordable because we built it all ourselves uh, rather than using a service. Whereas if we used, um, like, Amazon provides, like, a service, and if we use that, you know, thousands of dollars a day probably, which is a little bit out of our budget. Uh, how, how large is your team size then for Spell Table? Uh, at the moment, it's just me part-time. Uh, but Adam, my co-founder, uh, was helping me a lot up until just recently. Uh, and he's working on another project uh, for a few months, and then he'll be back, hopefully. Is uh, Adam one of your friends that moved to either Texas or Washington? Yeah. Then? Okay. He, he moved to Texas, yeah. Okay. Um, so it is a very, very small uh, team just being yourself. Um, team of one, but I think you're smaller. Yeah, there's Wait. I and my team, I guess. You yourself are doing such a great job with it. Uh, I I feel at least, like I said, uh, I'm on there pretty uh pretty regularly, at least once or twice a week to play, and just a little uh, you're doing a great job, I think, so far. 
Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. The the card tracking, I've never had an issue. Um, I, I think maybe I'm lucky with a lot of the people I play with. They got good lighting and stuff around their tables, so when you mm-hmm. click on a card, you're able to uh, see it. And I know uh, a couple times there was someone who had poor lighting and then clicking on the card, not easy. It wasn't able to register it because, you know, it couldn't see the card fully. Yeah. That and angles are the hardest things. Um, if the card is at a if the camera is at a bad angle, um, the card detection algorithm doesn't do a great job. Uh, and we have a plan to fix that as well. Um, that's called de-skewing. Uh, but what I would love to do is I'd love to have something kind of like Nintendo Labo where it's just like we sell like a cardboard cut box almost and it's all set up to hold your camera or your webcam in like the perfect position and it's like somewhat adjustable, but it's literally just cardboard. Uh, so it'd be cheap to manufacture, cheap to sell. And it would just be the perfect width for a playmat. So that's one of the ideas I'd love to have. Like once I get some more time to kind of design that up and get it printed in mass and just ship it out to anyone who wants one. And then also have like a way to attach an LED ring to it for lighting. That's my ultimate goal. If I could just provide someone like, here's your setup um, for a very affordable price. That would be a great idea. I mean, we'd be willing to be guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, when you get boxes, get let us know. Like, uh, you've clearly seen people doing the whole thing with uh, fat pack boxes where they like cut it out for their phones and stuff. Um, how does spell table? Oops, sorry, oh, I was no, just. No. People can't see it on a podcast, but I'll show you. My... I was showing off my rig, which oh. is a bunch of PVC pipe. That I found in my shed. Can't nice. go wrong with PVC. Sturdy. It's pretty sturdy, yeah. And and the ability to just like move the joints and stuff to like get that right camera angle. Um, yeah. My camera, my camera stand that I've uh, got this on. I got lucky. Um, uh, in real life, I'm a garbage man, and I found a camera tripod <laughs> that was in great condition. And I'm like, oh, there you go. This is great. Before I was using a. And this is why we call him Landfill Larry. I was using, <laughs> I was using a music stand to to hold my camera before because oh. I didn't have a I didn't have a a, a tripod or anything. But, but found this one. I'm like, this one's in great condition. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. know what mine is. <laughs> we have a, a policy that if anybody t- uh, sends us a picture of their spell table setup, we retweet it. Um, and so I've seen some really cool setups. A lot of people have like lamps. Um, there's someone named MTG Young Mage. I don't know if you've seen his content. And uh, he built like a folding wooden thing. He made a whole video about how to build it. Uh, but it's like a wooden stand that he can fold in and out because um, he doesn't have like a lot of space for it. But it's really cool. And he's even got like a face level cam on his and, and lighting and everything. So really creative stuff out there people are building. Uh, com- be- being in these times of, of COVID, for sure, people have definitely express their ability to play magic and be able to accommodate moments like that. Cause not everybody clearly had set up and stuff for webcams and how fast they were able to make these and how fast just the, 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 uh, booster box, the, the box alone, uh, fat pat box camera stand. People came up with that idea. People want to play magic. They're going to play magic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I have not seen, uh, MTG young mage. You said, MTGMH, yeah, he's um, 
Yeah, he he's really cool. Uh, he did he's done a lot of stuff with uh, Dana Fisher as well. So I will have to look that up. That whole folding setup sounds so cool. And yeah, I'll look it up and put links in the description below for anybody who else is interested. Yeah, check our Twitter for uh, some other ideas about people setups. And honestly, like some of the highest quality setups I've seen is like literally a cardboard microwave box, like the box that a microwave came in. Uh, and that has a hole cut out in the top and then the camera sitting on top. So the, so the lens sticks through the hole and the play mat just fix. It's like, I guess a play mat is the perfect microwave box size. Hmm. Um, so when you buy a new microwave, don't throw out the box. <laughs> um, so phones are an option to use as a, as a webcam and stuff. Uh, do you want to talk about the, the functionality to use a phone as a webcam, uh, for something like that? Uh, we're not very knowledgeable when it comes to stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure our listeners would love to hear how that function works. Uh, if yeah. there's a way to, to describe it and stuff. Yeah. What's one thing we started hearing over and over again, um, as we started to get more and more popular is that a lot of people, I can't play, I don't have webcam. I cannot buy a webcam because they're sold out everywhere and there's people price gouging. Um, and the webcam I use is like a $50 camera and it's now like 120 on Amazon. Woof. Um, yeah, it's which is you know it sucks. So uh, we wanted to give people an option to use their their phone camera because everybody's got a phone pretty much, right? Um, you know, it's twenty twenty. So uh, there are a couple other options that people could do. Like there's an app called EpochCam, and there's another one called DroidCam, and there's a few more. And they're very difficult to set up, and there's like a they're just a little bit tricky, but they make your your phone camera work just like a webcam. And we wanted a more direct way to do that. So if you click the little checkbox and, and you go to configure inputs and then you join a game, you'll get a QR code that shows up on your screen instead of where your camera would be. Um, and then you just scan that with your your camera app in your phone and it'll launch up um, spell table as a camera and you don't have to have a webcam hooked up or anything. Hmm. Uh, one thing as well with spell table is uh, if I remember correctly, there's something that says that it works better on uh, web browsers like uh, Google Chrome or Firefox, I think, were another one of the options. Is there is is that correct? And if so, is there a reason why it works better on certain web extensions or uh, uh, browser extensions? Yeah. So on, on mobile, it, it's a little tricky because on mobile, uh, we don't have like a native app uh, just because of bandwidth reasons. Um, be, the bandwidth problem being me. Uh, I don't, I didn't have enough time to develop native apps. Um, so on an Apple device, you have to use Safari because it's the only browser that actually exists. Like if you go into Chrome on, on an Apple device, it's actually just Safari, but with the features we need disabled, um, which is no good. Um, so you have to use Safari on, on an Apple device, um, or I should say Apple mobile device. Um, and then on PC, we recommend Chrome. Um, Firefox can also work, um, but the reason why we recommend Chrome is because every browser has a slightly different implementation of this technology called WebRTC, and that's the peer-to-peer -peer, um, technology. And when you're going across, let's say you're going from Firefox to Chrome or Firefox to Internet Explorer, and you're, those two things have to talk to each other, and they use a spec to do it that sometimes goes out of date with each other. Um, this is all really nerdy. So I'm trying to 
make it sound a little dumbed down. But essentially, all the browsers aren't super good. So your best bet is if we just pick one, and we kind of picked Chrome, because that's what we use. Um, but the browsers are getting better at this. And in our beta, it's generally much better, because our beta is not peer-to-peer -peer anymore. So it, it's much better. Uh, we see a lot more problems in Firefox security. A lot of uh, a lot of times, it doesn't like it when you tell it to allow the camera. You have to. There's like an extra drop down you have to select, and that's a little bit uh, annoying for some users. Um, but it does technically work in every browser. In fact, we had somebody write us and say that they were using it on Xbox. You know, the browser built into Xbox, um, and it also works on Samsung TVs. <laughs> Although there's no way to click on cards, I guess unless you can plug in a mouse, which. Um, which is interesting. And you can also Chromecast at TV. So I've been really impressed with people who don't have like an extra computer have been able to find different ways to play on Spelltable. Hmm. So. Did you ever think that um, that those would be options and stuff until people brought them up to you that Spelltable would no. be a function on those? Like Samsung no. TV and Xbox. Like <laughs> That's amazing. No, I never thought. And then sometimes they were just reporting issues or like, you know, if you send me an, I don't I have a PlayStation. If you send me an Xbox, I'll try and fix it. Um, but I just, I don't have every device to test. So it's really interesting to see people send in like support requests for like just really random devices. I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if someone's got like a smart fridge and they're trying to play on their smart fridge. <laughs> Them smart fridges are super impressive. Uh, my boss, he got one and he always just, he raves about it because it's like, it has a camera inside and it orders the things I need. And he's a, he's like a, a, a big smoker, like uh, smokes meat and stuff. And he's all about like pulled pork brisket and stuff like that. So he really appreciates when <laughs> the fridge just orders his stuff. Not only will it order food, but it'll help you play magic now. Like that should be yeah. a thing. Samson. I'm going to need you to go over there and put some cards <laughs> in like on the little cooler rack and tell me how the angle is. Oh, I will see if I'm will gladly do that. Boss man would love for that to happen. Oh Let's my! See if we can get it working. It's my turn. I'm gonna leave the fridge open for an hour as I take my turn. <laughs> Close the fridge. The milk's gonna spoil. <laughs> Got it. But you can keep your drinks cool while you're playing. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's how. You, who needs a can koozie when you have the whole fridge to keep your drink cold? <laughs> exactly. So when you play magic, uh, I don't know. At least with our play group. One of the things that we like to do when we play Magic is we like to uh, partake in adult beverages and stuff. Is that one of the things that you like to do as well? Like you, you, you like to play casually and stuff, sit back, eat, and drink. Is that one of the things that you associate as well with playing EDH? My um, play group definitely. I don't personally drink a whole bunch. Um, it's really my only strategic advantage is that hopefully they'll get drunk <laughs> enough that <laughs> that I can, uh, you know. They'll start forgetting triggers, and um, you know I can still, you know, maybe maybe win a game or two. That's where you pass over the shot of Jameson, be like, "Hey, bud, you look like you're a little thirsty there." Yeah, I got my iced tea. I just fill up the jack the jack bottle with iced tea. So, so if you want to play a fun game that I created, what six or seven years ago now? Oh my god! Don't bring <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt got me into EDH. My first deck was Rift the Awakener. So it's a great token deck. 
him at the time was playing some blue deck where he would be countering everything and everything, anything. So I, I uh, him and him and another buddy of ours, they they were drinking. I came downstairs because at that time he was living in the same apartment building, different apartment. So I was at his house or his apartment like every night. So one night again, him and his buddy were playing cards, were drinking. I came down there later that night, and they're pretty pretty toasty. But it's like, hey, you know what? Let's make this drinking game. Was it ten rules, Matt? You still have it, don't you? Yeah, it's in a it's in a notebook. It's packed away in boxes right now. Oh, damn. Yeah. But yeah, like whenever whenever you cast an instance, take a shot. Every time you counter something, finish your drink. So basically, everything that Matt did, he was drinking or taking shots. He was that a- night. We had to drag him from the kitchen table to the bathroom. I hope his cards were sleeved. (laughs) Cards were good in the end, uh, for sure. Uh, The only time I ever had an issue with uh, messed up cards was before I really started getting into it. I, uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time, uh, accidentally spilled a cup of water on my Infect deck, which had Blink Moth, a full play set of Blink Moth Nexus, a full set of Blightsteel Colossus, and this was around the time of Mirrodin and stuff, and so that was the worst. Uh, that was the best thing that ever happened. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my encounter, except for mine were sleeved. Them kids, well, minimal damage, but Matt, didn't you lose like a whole big collection because of water damage? Because of Corey. Oh no, I don't. Uh, I thought you did. I thought something either that or a pipe broke or something. Nope, not not for me. The yep. only thing I lost to uh, water damage was when when that water was spilled on my infect deck. Shitty. <laughs> I've been pretty lucky. I've not had any damage, except for from my four year old. But I gave him tokens. <laughs> uh, so giving him plans. Yeah, basic lands and tokens, and he's fine. Yeah, and he's, I don't know, he's MTG Arena codes, so I don't know who uses those. Yeah, right. <laughs> who, needs, <laughs> who needs those arena codes? No, I've been uh, I've been trying to get my kids into the game, and it's I, I still cringe when they 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 hold it wrong or they you know try to shuffle, and I'm like. Uh, there's money in that. Like, let's be nice to the cards. Come on. That's why you got to get those free decks from the LGS and not play with those. Right. I should. There you go. I think I have a couple even. Can construct your own popper deck just for your kids alone. No, they like modern, believe it or not. Popper modern. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how well that was going to go, but yeah, try ahead. Go ahead and try. Penny Dreadful. There you go. So still in some magic discussion here. Jonathan, when you brew a deck, like how often do you brew a deck uh, for, for EDH? Like, is there something like when you see uh, the new sets like Core 21 come out, was there any card that like, oh, crap, I need to brew with this or kind of a thing like, you know, that kind of process? Uh, before Spell Table, when I used to have free time, uh, sometimes that would happen. It would usually be like I'd get a card in like a pre-release pack or something, and then I'd kind of get inspired. Um, I've also Googled many times, like, what's the most fun commander to play? And that's how I ended up with Norin. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, when I brew a deck, I'm usually looking for are gonna be fun or funny. Like I, every deck I play with black in it, I put a card called Lethal Vapors in it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Lethal Vapors. Is that one of the ones where uh, you target something and your opponent has the chance to pay mana or something, and then they can make a copy of that, like Chain of Vapor kind of thing? No, it's it's just like a real kind of a. <laughs> uh, okay, so basically, you play the card, and then nobody until somebody skips a turn. So it, so the rest of the table, it's just fun to hear the rest of the table argue about who's going to take one for the team and skip their turn. Cause it, or I guess if someone has like an enchantment destruction. But yeah, it's basically pay, skip your turn and you can destroy this enchantment. I like that. Are you a fan of, uh, there's that black, 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 black sorcery that allows you to gain an extra turn unless an opponent loses half their life? I uh, do not have that one. I don't play black very often except for in uh Aloro. and so that's i think that's my only one right now i've tried playing a couple others but i, I don't know i just never really i've always wanted to have like a golgari deck and i just ne- haven't found one i like are you uh, a red mage then like if you got norin as like your favorite deck is like casting red spells your favorite thing to do i don't really have a favorite i like them all uh for me, it's just whatever I think would be fun or funny. Like, I, like I'm super casual. Uh, occasionally, if like I'm going to try and win, I'm I'm not like a combo player. Um, or if I'm going I'm going to try and do it with like I don't know. My my red deck ha- used to have doesn't anymore, but my Norn deck used to have like a coin flipping thing. And there's I can't remember the name of the card where if you win ten coin flips, you win the game. And I tried for months and months to win with that, but I just couldn't. I could never get it. I got up to like five or six wins once. <laughs> Are you going to try and come back to something like that? Because with Battle Bond, they had a bunch of the coin flipping and stuff in there. Yeah. I think, I think I'm probably not going to go back to coin flipping. But I do, I do like alternate wins. So, um, yeah, like I had a Madomai deck for a little bit, which was my closest to having like a combo deck. And I liked that combo because it was like hard set up. Like you have to be creative. Um, Madoma is a card that um, allows you to take an extra turn. I think if it deals damage or attacks, I can't remember, but it can attack again. So you can only take one turn. Um, but there's all sorts of ways to get around it, like dark steel mutation and then bouncing the dark steel. So it attacks as like a bug and then it does its damage as Madoma. Um, I think I got that right. I can't even remember. So I like if I'm going to combo, I want to do it in some like weird, difficult way. I don't I don't want to just like draw out my deck to Lab Maniac or something. It's like every, anyone can do that, right? Right. Uh, I believe we all here on this weekend MTG podcast agree that style of deck is a big bummer, especially with something like Faust's Oracle that got printed. I know I've ragged on it's like that's it's not a cool way to win. Win. It's very creative there guy like good job you done it you won magic <laughs> so you don't like it when i break out uh, ad nauseum no <laughs> i mean i feel like if if that's how your play group wants to play like that's great like i watched competitive edh for the first time recently like i had never missed it and i saw someone win turn one and i was like that's insane and and they, their game was over in like four minutes and if that's how you want to play, I think that's definitely a thing. 
it's just not my thing. I'm just not that competitive. That's one of the great things about EDH for sure is like there's so many different ways to play and uh, EDH being like the social contract social contract game. Uh, talking with your play group to to elaborate on how you want to be doing this definitely makes it more fun and optimized for you as a player. Yeah. And like when you play with the same people a lot, you, you can learn what people like and don't like. It's like why I don't play Confusion in the ranks anymore. <laughs> people, people don't like it. And like I had a send triplets deck for like a week because I never got to play it. So it would just get destroyed. People don't like it when you play with their cards. Uh, although that's also a bad web webcam card now, so it's a good thing I got rid of it. That is true. Uh, certain cards uh, not being as functional with webcam and stuff, um, th- that definitely changes a lot of people's uh, deck building perspectives and how they how they add in these cards. Um, I know with some. Uh, modern play that I've done, Mishra's Bobble was always one of the weirdest things to try and deal with uh, when your opponent when your opponent bobbled you. It's like, okay, I gotta like look away from the screens as I hold up my card to the camera. <laughs> yeah. We're working on solutions for some of those things. Like um, one that's really difficult is like searching someone's like searching an opponent's deck. Like you can't do that on webcam. Um, but we're working on like integrations with like those deck sites. Uh, so you can list your deck, and then if someone has to search your deck, they can just look through your list. Um, and then uh, being able to share your webcam with just one person so that you can show them your hand uh, is another thing that we'd, we'd love to add soon. Uh, I think like clone and copy are actually, like cloning stuff isn't and stealing stuff isn't that hard if you pick up some infinite tokens, which is those dry erase tokens. Um, that's Those are great for webcam. I, I recommend anybody who plays on webcam spend... I think they're only like six bucks or something. Uh, get some infinite tokens and dry race markers, and it makes all of those clone and stuff much and stealing much more doable over webcam. And plus, you get to draw court. Right. Just like do silly little thing. I know I did that one time. Uh, I didn't have snake tokens, but my friend had the infinite tokens, and I just drew like a little uh, stick snake that said hiss. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, let's take a look at uh, everything we've covered here. That's a lot of a lot of questions we've asked. We got to know you a bit. Um, we got to know actually before before we start uh, signing off. Outside of spell table and playing magic, who is Jonathan and work? Like, what is what is your hobbies outside of there? Like, uh, I feel like. A lot of these things, like we talk about, like the pre-pandemic times, you know, like it wasn't that long ago, but um, I, I love ice hockey. Um, I started playing when I was 26 and uh, not very good at it, but it's like a whole bunch of fun. Um, I got into it for, for whatever random reason. I, I needed a sport that I could play and I figured one that I could bump into people would be good. Uh, so yeah, I started playing ice hockey. Um, and I was, that's pretty much my only hobby other than just nerdy stuff and magic. Uh, but obviously we can't play now. Even some of the leagues are open. It's not really worth the risk. I feel like it's the only sport where people routinely have mumps outbreaks. So not quite confident that we'll be able to keep COVID out. 
Uh, for sure on mm. for sure on that. So, uh, oh, oh, go ahead. No, 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 you got that. I was gonna do something else completely there. No, I was just gonna laugh because Paul, our, my cat, was making notes on our little interview notes. <laughs> oh, is that why there's a bunch of zero 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 yep. on there? And that was Paul's button. Yeah, we got a, a Google Doc where we had some questions and stuff, and like we uh, covered we covered all of those. Right. Yeah. I actually, I think we missed one. Did we ask you uh, what card do you think is the best and the worst? What card do I think is the best and the worst? Yeah, you got the same card. Uh, no, no, no. Like, what's the best card in your opinion? And then what's like the worst card? Like. I love to play with this card or like I see this card and I'm always like happy, but this card is like, screw you for having this card. I don't know that I have a worst card. Um, actually I take that back. Uh, hold on. I'm brain farting on the name. What's the green card that lets you untap every turn? Oh, uh, Seaborn Muse. Seaborn Muse. I hate Seaborn Muse <laughs> be- for a couple of reasons. One, because I don't have one. Um, and two, because, uh, because Seedborn Muse, every time it gets played, I feel like I lose, um, because it's usually like the first step of some crazy green thing that's about to happen. Uh, but my opinion would probably change if I had, um, in terms of my favorite card, uh, that's a good question too. I, I don't know. I like Necropotence a lot because it's a card I have had since I was 12. Um, if you get lucky and get a dark ritual, you can play it right away. Um, although you need something in commander, like you need something, I guess like a reliquary tower. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you can draw as many, you can drop to seven at the end of your turn, basically every turn. So, or infinite depending on your life. So yeah, I really like Necropotence, especially in uh, especially in or or Loro. Man, that, that that's a card that's hard for me to say. Like it's just Loro, yeah, Oreo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Loro is great for that reason because you know usually I'm getting like between two and a hundred life a turn. So holy man, brutal. I think the most life I've had was seven hundred and fifty-two. I've gotten into the like tens of thousands because there's one combo. It's not even a combo. It's just there's a there's a, a wall. Gosh, what's it called? Like wall of uh, wall of relative something. It's a it's a wall that lets you gain life. Oh, the cumulative upkeep one. No, it's at the it's at your end step. You oh. gain life equal to the like the power of your greatest creature. And then mm. there's an, there's another one is like Sarah Avatar or something that's like its life is equal to your or its power is equal to your life. So essentially every turn it doubles if you have those two. That's brutal. Oh um, my god, I love that a lot. Yeah, so like if if I have sixty life when I get that combo out, then I'll have one hundred and twenty, and then I'll two forty, and you know four eighty, and it's like six or seven turns by the time you have tens and tens of thousands of life but it still doesn't i mean people can do um in fact you know, infinite oh yeah there's in fact there's commander damage it's not like it's not like a win con it's just kind of a funny thing to do yeah no i get that 
Uh, so I suppose since, since we asked what your favorite card and worst card was, uh, who's your favorite Planeswalker? And then what's Planeswalker that you always hate to see? Uh, you know, I tend to not play a lot with Planeswalkers. I think like I totally missed the Planeswalker boat um, between, you know, when I was playing early on and then like obviously Modern Magic. I don't know that I have a favorite Planeswalker. It's a good question. I'll have to think about it. I don't even know if like any of my decks. I have a couple. I want to pass on that one because just because I'm, I feel like unqualified. Oh, that's fair yeah. enough. Uh, what about uh, if you could uh, live on a certain plane? What plane would it be? Ooh, that's a good one too. Hmm. I'm going to go with Kamigawa. That is just a good choice. It's like, uh, I don't know, just like the way it looks. Cool theme. Were you a fan then of the whole block? Like you weren't playing when Kamigawa came out and stuff. No, but... I missed it. Yeah. I, just like a, from the planes that have been, you know, since I've gotten back into it, I don't, none of them have really like spoken to me a whole lot. So if there was uh, a set that you missed uh, from your time away, um, which, which one would be one that you'd be interested to try and like go into? I mean, like you have the whole cards, uh, the card library and stuff of there to like see all the cards printed in a set. Like, is Kamigawa the one that like really catches you then, or is there another one, or just still like nothing that really catches you? Yeah, I think Kamigawa or. Uh... I like the original Ravnica was pretty cool. I like actually I like the return to Ravnica too. Like the Ravnica stuff is cool. But I don't know. I don't I'm not like a big lore person, so the planes to me don't mean as much. Um just cuz I I was never I was just never really into the lore as much. Fair enough with that. Uh so We've been talking. We've been talking for uh, just a little over an hour here. You know, I want to respect your time and stuff as well. And you know, an hour is like a good amount of time to to get to know you, talk about spell table and stuff. Is there? Uh, please give us like your whole pitch, where to find you. Uh, you know, spell table pr- pr- promote away, man. Like, yeah, sure. So um, you can always email me. Um, so I'm Jonathan at spelltable dot com. Or info on spell table. No, I get all the spell table emails. Uh, Twitter, spell table on Twitter. Um, I believe we are spell table app on Instagram because spell table was taken by someone with a Ouija board. Um, and let's <laughs> see, where else am I? Spelltable.com. Obviously, that's the app. Uh, we'd love it if people tried our beta, beta.spelltable.com. Um, just if you have any issues with that, let, let us know. Um, and you can get merch. Through our through our website, we have some. We don't uh, have a whole lot on there, but we have like logo shirts and stuff like that, and we have pretty sweet fanny pack, uh, so you can carry around your dice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. That fanny and, pack is so cool. Yeah, and then Patreon, I guess, is like that's like our main source of funding. Uh, so it's always good to shout out the Patreon. With uh, with your logo, actually, before before we go, I gotta know like. That logo is so cool, like the geometric twenty or the twenty die. Like, 
how did that get conceived? Like that is like when I saw that the the colors, the orange, the purples, it just very catch it catches me. You know, like how did that show up? Uh, that was just Adam, um, the co-founder, my co-founder Adam. I don't know exactly. I was kind of surprised when he made it. I thought I thought that uh, I didn't know he was that artistic. To be honest, uh, you know, we're both programmers, and we we both worked at a company that did design software. Design software for you know that's where we worked together for five six years so we worked with some really world-class designers and i guess that kind of rubbed off on because uh, yeah he, he he made that logo and um, originally just solid green um like a, a dark blue background and then when when we rebranded to spell table that's a bit of trivia people might not know that we launched as virtual edh uh, and then changed the spell table as people started to use it for more formats other than edh so yeah, we added that little flare of color when we rebranded. Yeah, it looks good, and on the t-shirts, it looks really good as well. Like I know I've scrolled through your uh, through through your merch, the fanny pack and the shirts. Just good merch. Thanks. Yeah, I like the merch. Teespring is really cool. That's what we use for our merch, and uh, the margins are great. So we, it really helps us support the um, the site, and the products are good. Everything I've gotten from them, I've ordered stuff just for myself and uh it's all been really good well that's that's great to hear please everybody out there um go check out spell table uh jonathan you definitely got a user in me still like i say i I use it a couple times a week to play uh it's a good way to do it and stuff but keep up the good work oh actually um did you want to to mention the thing with uh coming up in august here oh yeah yeah totally forgot um so command fest 2 is happening um for those who missed the first command fest or if you didn't and you still want to get in on the action it's like a it's gonna be a two-day event just um, people queuing up playing games all day uh they usually have teams you can join a team and um you get you earn points towards that team uh it's a lot of fun there's a bot that's going to be in the, the channel fireball discord that'll match you up and then there's live streaming all day of the event. Uh, it was really cool to see all, like all those people, like Alias V and um, Jimmy Wong and, and um, the Command Zone people and, and Gavin and everybody playing on that live stream spell table. It was really cool to see. So yeah, check it out August 22nd and August 23rd. Um, Channel Fireballs Command Fest too. There you have it, Jonathan. Seriously, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much for for coming on, doing this interview. Uh, hopefully, we did a good job as interviewers and stuff towards you. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. It was a blast. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll hit you back up, uh, hit you up again in uh, a month or two when things start, uh, maybe when you start uh, rolling out new features and stuff, and you can have another platform to, to boast about it and be like, come to spell table spell table guys like you got this yeah for sure yeah i'll, I'll come back anytime if you guys ever want to fire up a spell table game and see my norin deck oh i'm totally down <laughs> for that as long as you're fine with seeing a uh a, a mimeoplasm infect deck infect don't bother me <laughs> see danny why can't you be like jonathan here oh, man. infect should die <laughs> as long as we're playing up to 40 infect right 
No. We may have some problems there. <laughs> He's got the right idea. Right? It should be at least commander damage worth. So 20, I'll, I'll deal with it. But once you go 11, it's like, yeah, no. It's right, Darcy. But it gets so... You gotta go fast. Matt, I go wide. I kill everyone at the same time. You gotta remember. I play Nea. I go big. And I swing for the fences. Which means you got more than enough tokens to block him. He's faster than I am. <laughs> well, then you just need to tune your deck there, guy. No. My deck is solid the way it is. <laughs> Me and my saplings are good. Jonathan, thank you. And everybody listening, again, check out Spell Table. And we'll catch you around. Great. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining. Hello. So there's a bit of a break here between the actual end of the podcast and the real end of the podcast. Uh, we did the whole Minnesotan goodbye kind of thing where end of the conversation, but it actually kept going. There's a question talking about how this uh, was like the perfect storm for Spell Table to have success with COVID-19 and uh, social distancing promoting having webcam magic play. And that's where the start of this conversation leads into. Just want to give you a bit of context and so you weren't confused jumping into it or listening into it. And uh, yeah, here we go for for like COVID or anything yeah that was it's all just been very organic and very uh it's kind of funny because i've been trying for years and years like as a person to like think of that million dollar idea or think of that this is not a million dollar idea by the way but um think of uh something that would be successful um and i had like a million failed startups and i try so hard on all those and none of them worked and then I just built something to play with my friends and that's the thing that blows up. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. It's usually the practical things like, Oh, Hey, me and my friends use this. So more, more yeah. chances than not, everyone else is me willing to use it or I'm looking for something like that. And yeah, the COVID COVID stuff is just more of a blessing in disguise when, when it comes to spell table. Yeah. It's a really weird feeling to think that like, a lot, large part of success due to of like a really freaking terrible thing. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like that's that's kind of a weird feeling in general. But it has to feel good because you're able to connect these people that are missing playing with each other in a very convenience in a very convenient way. Like this is such a great product that you came out with uh, for people to be using during this time. Like this has to be like one of those get lucky kind of things to per- yeah. the perfect storm, you know? Yeah. It was definitely cool to have like in our tool belt, like when this happened, because we were playing, we'd been playing with it ourselves for months, you know, since January, uh, when was like, we first launched it and uh, internally to us. And like when you used to go to, I used to just have like this really long domain cause it was like a free domain. And like you would go there and it would just, there was one game. There was not different games. It would just throw you into the game. And only we knew the URL, so it was fine. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was kind of crazy to have that more or less ready to go for the 
for the situation. So with uh, with you now really like picking up steam, like I imagine that you have high hopes and stuff for Spell Table doing because you're you're working with CFB again. I don't know if this is mm-hmm. going to be like a little too much insider that you don't wish to discuss, but there has to be like some kickback towards you guys for something like this to 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 host like. And, and a little side note on top of that, what is the strain of getting that many people? Because uh, the first command fest was really large. You had a good outcome for that, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember the numbers, but if you got a two-day event, like the numbers might be bigger. So, Yeah, so CFB helped offset some hosting costs, and um, they they gave us like a little bit of money just to be there for support. It's not like, it's not like a, a huge amount of money. Um, we, if you like look at our expenses and like what we've made, we've maybe made like a couple hundred dollars, you know, like on top of our expenses. Um, it's just, it's not like a moneymaker type app, um, which is okay. Um, I do think bigger things with it will happen bigger than CFB and bigger than all these other things. Um, which I kind of alluded to with the thing I can't talk about. <laughs> just right, yet right. um just keep your ear to the to the old blog or the twitter there because i'm hoping that i'm hoping that uh this can be like a full-time thing for me uh, so in the future possibly, so possibly more advertisements on screen kind of stuff nope. like that. no advertisements no advertisements like, like a lot of like the free app someone makes it's all about the advertisement that they can get it's how they make their money mm-hmm. so yep. like youtube that's how Everyone is making millions of dollars on YouTube is because of all the advertisements on their we, video. We have gotten so far as like we had a contract with an advertising provider, but we just couldn't do it. <laughs> we just couldn't put it on the site. Mm. I think that both Adam and I are like very resistant to making it sound like annoying ad ridden thing. Like yep. Rage, so Shadow we, Legends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're very happy with like CSI because it's a tiny little logo that you can hide. Um, and that's it. And obviously, like, I don't know if you've clicked on the card prices, but it goes to their store, okay. um, which I think is reasonable. Um, oh, for sure. It's not, like, it's not like super annoying. Plus, they give you a discount. I don't know if you know that. But if you click through the cards, you get 10% off. Nice. That is um, good to know. I, yeah, cool stuff, Inc. So, yeah, I think it's been, it's been good to have that, but it's not enough money for me to quit a job or even really cover all of our costs. Yep. Um, but I, but we have other things in the works that'll hopefully make that a reality sometime, hopefully soon. Sooner as always, better than later. Yeah, so there's so much we could do with this. You know, it just it's a matter of time. Yeah, the the world is your oyster with this, and I'm I'm truly excited to see where you go with this. Ugh. Yeah, me too. Um, it's weird because like I was expecting like a bunch of competitors to come. Um, especially given like the number of people who offered to buy us, um, not for crazy amounts of money or anything, but like multiple people, like, like I said, within two hours, the owner of a prominent website was like, I will buy you. They're like, uh, we're two hours old. I think we might wait, <laughs> wait a few <laughs> minutes here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been crazy. That has to be a good feeling though, to, to, to have made spell table that soon and like 
you had people wanting to buy you and like seeing it. Well, I mean, it could be a negative buy. Like maybe they'd want to buy you to shut you down, but like buying you to hopefully find profitability in it or something like most of them want to buy to find profitability through subscriptions or advertising or retail sales. Um, and it just hasn't felt like a good fit for any of those things. And none of them were like life changing amounts of money or anything. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather keep it as like a side passion project and just keep it running than let it go to, I don't know, like Bob's big card warehouse or something. That's not a real store. But, um, but yeah, so we've just kept it. It's, it's doing fine. That makes spell table. One of its things though, being free, you know, imagine you probably wouldn't see as much traffic and stuff. If you, if there was like, uh, an upfront cost, you know, to, to, to use the spell table. Yeah. I think the big thing is like a lot of people early on complain about just like the quality, like the peer to peer quality is not as, um, and we just can't, we couldn't get there without like an order of magnitude. Like we would need hundreds of thousands of dollars to get to that, the level of like zoom, uh, in terms of like pure quality. Like right now, every camera is limited to even if you have a 1080p camera uh, and that's just the cost saving measure but there's not really any point in loading it up with ads because even if I put every ad on there description we had to pay monthly even if that went well it still wouldn't be quite enough money to make it like really good like, all those companies that have that tech are built on Silicon Valley dollars millions of them uh, and no I don't think any Silicon Valley of a magic website so yeah probably (laughs) yeah so it's just kind of like what we have to do for now it's like build our own infrastructure and keep costs as low as possible and yeah then hopefully it'll live forever even after the pandemic because it's cool to play with people in europe and australia for sure texas i guess yeah even yeah your friends like your case your friends moved that you played with so it's like yeah. No, I mean, if you do get a new playgroup, just have them jump on and someone else can join in with you. So so is Spelltable only four people, up to four people? Yeah. And that's, again, that's another peer-to-peer thing. So we could have more players. Um, the reason, like, if you each player is sending their video to each other player, so yep. when you play in a four-player game, you're sending your video three times, you're yep. downloading it three times. Okay. So, and you have six players in the game, let's say you'd be sending it five times to the five other players and receiving it five times. And that just destroys your CPU and it destroys your, your bandwidth. And yeah. um, so that's the reason we can't, we could support more than four players like relatively easily. We just, it just wouldn't be a good experience. Okay. So until we get our new technology, our, which is on beta.spelltable, once we have that in production, we'll be able to do six players and have spectators and, all that good stuff. And then it's just a matter of scaling it. Yeah. Do you feel Spelltable is evolving pretty fast uh, since you've launched? Because you said you launched officially in March, May? May. Uh, April 3rd. April 3rd is when you officially launched. So from then to now, the amount of uh, improvements, bug fixes and stuff since you went public, uh, the expansion, is that... I don't know, like, what, what's the word I'm looking for for here, but is it a good, worrisome kind of a thing? Or, uh, Yeah, it's, it's considering we haven't done any 
any actual like marketing. Like we've been marketed by like CFB and all those people, but we've never marketed it anywhere other than a Reddit post. Um, it's like growing almost too quickly for us to handle at first. Like there's definitely some worrying bills that we had until we got like this, the cool stuff sponsorship. Um, but in terms of like features and stuff, yeah, if you go back to what it was launched, like if you look at what we launched on April 3rd, it, it was almost barely usable. Um, we didn't have this thing called a relay server, which is when peers fail to connect, uh, sometimes because of firewalls and stuff. And that's like 20% of all connections. And they all failed. And that, it was that way for like a month, that 20% of people who came to it couldn't even use it. Um, because it turns out those, those relay servers, I didn't even know I needed until we launched it. And people started complaining about it not working. Uh, so there's just like so many things like that I didn't even know about. Um, we finally got them and they were really expensive, hundreds of dollars a day. And then we finally got to a cheaper solution that we made ourselves. It was much cheaper. So it's been, yeah, it's been crazy ride, like in terms of also features. We've added a ton of features, um, like turn order and even like the focus layout, two layouts. There's like the four corner layout and there's like a focus layout. Um, those, like, that's something that was requested quite a bit. Um, but yeah, there's yeah, there's been a ton of features. If you like go back and look through all- lately, it's slowed down a bit because Adam has been working on other stuff, and um, and I've been working on secret business dealings. <laughs> so it's slowed. It's been slow like the last month or two, um, but we anticipate it picking back up pretty soon. It's still so there's only so much one person can do at a time. So yeah, my family misses me too. So. <laughs> Who needs them? Yeah. My kid's like, stop working. I need to build a fort. Man, I built so many forts in this quarantine. I feel yeah. My my daughter had a uh, blanket fort thing across our entire living room. Oh, we've had several. Yeah. Actually, I have one outside in my yard right now that (laughs) I just left. I left it up because I'm like, eh, it'll last. You're going to have me put up tomorrow, so I'm not going to take it down today. Exactly. Yeah. I've I've slept in a fort before. In a blanket fort. Nice. Having, yeah, I took a tour and out from my daughter's one that day. It's was, comfortable. Yeah. Why not? You don't want to be down there, might as well take a nap. Yeah, exactly. We got so many my wife loves blankets. And we have so many blankets. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't love blankets? Blankets they, are just they, great. There's there's a level of loving a blanket. But when you have like, there, there's like 10 blankets per person and there's three people in the house. <laughs> That's a lot of blankets. But my wife's like, we need the blankets. And my, and my son as well takes right after her. They love their blankets. I guess I'm But have, the having been to Fargo, North Dakota, the blankets are a good thing to have. <laughs> and I want it to 100 degrees outside. Well, when I was there, it was, it was like negatives with the wind chill. So, oh yeah, like okay. last week with humidity was hundred plus, or the week before. Yeah, you can. You don't need the blankets then. No, you skip those. And there you have it, our first interview together as this week in MTG with JB, myself, and I, interviewing Jonathan of Spell Table. This was truly. An amazing experience to get to meet Jonathan, learn more about Spelltable and all that. 
we hope that you guys enjoyed this interview as well, the whole ride. You made it out this far, so thank you for being so epic at that. Please, go support Jonathan in any way, any capacity can by giving uh, Spelltable.com views. Uh, try beta.spelltable.com and try the new, bet, uh, the new beta experience. If able, support him on Patreon. Uh, links are in the description down below. Follow on Twitter. Uh, keep it up to date with the update blog and stuff from there. This was truly an experience, and we hope to have interviews. Well, it's not more of a hope. It's We will be having interviews on a more regular basis, schedules pending and stuff. So please, follow us as well, uh, and we will keep you informed throughout that process. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.